Hi, this is Rick Emmett of Triumph, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hey, this is Eric Johnson, and you are listening to Iron City Rock. Hi, this is Steve Morse, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Neil Morse, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Oh! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Neil Morris. How are you doing today, Neil? Oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I wanted to get in touch with you and kind of introduce you to our listeners. I think uh, a lot of people are familiar with Mike uh, Portnoy, obviously, from Transatlantic. Uh, and your name is a name I, I've seen out there and uh, had a chance to watch the DVD of, of Transatlantic Live and really wanted to get a chance to introduce you to our audience. Um, can you give us a little background? Obviously, you're a phenomenal piano player and singer, but can you kind of give us what got you into music? Oh, wow. What got me into music? Well, my father was a choir director and a music teacher, and so uh, I come from kind of a, a music family, you know, okay. involved in some way, uh, either playing or writing or teaching or, or something like that. And so, uh, yeah, I learned to sing harmony on, you know, camping trips with my family mm-hmm. at a very young age. I sang lead in an opera when I was nine years old, and... um just always been involved with it. Always, that's pretty much all I ever cared about. Right. You know, for most of my life. So. Yeah. Did you get started on the piano first? Or did you start singing first? I sang for. I sang first. Okay. Uh, or singing, I think, when I was three or something. Okay. Um, I started piano when I was five, and I started guitar when I was nine. Okay. So you and, got. Uh, you got started relatively young, even for the guitar. I mean, that's that's excellent. Now, um, when when you discovered the guitar, did you kind of do as most kind of younger kids or adult or even teenagers and just kind of run with the guitar and forsake the piano, or did you stay with both of them? Funny you should mention it. Yes, I did. I did forsake the piano for about two or three years. I, I, they had me in you know regular piano lessons, you mm-hmm. know, and, I, and I quit when I started the guitar and I just got fully into that. And then when I was 12, yeah, when I was 12, um, a friend of ours played, like, boogie-woogie piano, and that was cool. Yeah. I, so I started learning how to play, like, boogie-woogie piano. And then uh, and then from there, you know, there turned out that that's when, that was about uh, when there was this explosion of really cool keyboard stuff that was happening in in rock and pop music, you know. Yeah. And so uh I started we started to get more and more into keyboards, me and my brothers, we had a band and mm-hmm. so we got a little like a synthesizer and a Wurlitzer piano and I, I, I started to uh I moved into the guitar and keyboard role which I stayed in my whole life. Yeah. Now, were you uh, one of the the people I saw when I watched you play? I mean, was maybe like a John Lord or Elton John or kind of you seem to me almost kind of a great blend of both. Were either one of those a big influence? Oh yeah, I was influenced by both those guys. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I spent most of most of my life uh, as a singer songwriter, really mm-hmm. trying, trying to uh, you know make things happen as a singer songwriter. So I was very influenced by Elton John, 
Sure. Billy, you know, Billy Joel, you know, lots of songwriters, Stevie yeah. and Simon and Garfunkel, all kinds of things. Yeah. Now, you started a brother, a band with your brother, Alan, uh, Spock's Beard, and you did that for about 10 years. Is that about right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's about right, yeah. And how would you classify Spock's Beard sound for those not familiar? I mean, was it very progressive sounding? Yeah, it was uh, very prog, very, very progressive rock, um, very, you know, quirky and majestic and, you know, classical elements, jazz elements, you know, or, and just playing weird elements. Yeah. But lots of, but lots of good song elements as well. So I, I think uh, Spock's was a great band, still is a great band. Yeah, the, I guess the, the question that first hit me when I saw that you were no longer with them and your brother is, I mean, how was that taken? I mean, was that kind of a mutual thing, um, or did that cause, cause some hard feelings? Well, it was it was rough for a while. It's better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it wasn't really mutual. I, you know, I I became a Christian and I and I felt like God was calling me out of that, and mm-hmm. so I had to. After a time, I had to go face that and tell them. Right. And it was uh, it was rough for everybody, but uh, things are better now. Yeah. Now you got. Uh, I mean, you you've made quite a few Christian albums. Now, are they uh, again for maybe people aren't familiar? Is there kind of a prog element to those, or are those more of the singer songwriter style? Well, I have a lot of different albums. Um, I have uh, the ones that are mo- mainly known are the uh, progressive rock ones. Okay. So yeah, there's uh, testimony one, question mark, uh, solo scriptura, and um, the last one, lifeline. Mm-hmm. Those are all like what you what I would call Christian progressive rock albums. Okay. Now I mean, one of the things I know is you're or, or actually you know what I'd like what I'd like but how I'd like to classify it is the progressive rock albums with Christian themes. Themes. Okay. You know, yeah. There's not a slot for that in the record store quite yet, but then no, no, <laughs> I go in the glimpses of God section. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing how many bands I've seen in in the last couple of years, even uh, you know that aren't necessarily t- don't necessarily wave the Christian flag necessarily in people's face, but when you look at their lyrical content and talk to them, there are a lot of Christian bands becoming quite successful. You know, The Devil Wears Prada, for example. If you can understand what they're screaming, a very Christian band, but you wouldn't necessarily think of them as, you know, right in line with Michael W. Smith or something like that. So it's, it's right, really, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's really wonderful because, you know, a lot of, you know, Christian Music gets pigeonholed for some reason, and I don't know why that is, but... Well, music in general gets pigeonholed. Sure. Know, oh, absolutely. Of every genre. See, that's what's so amazing about um, what I feel like God has led me and let me do. Mm-hmm. Somehow I've been able to uh, still have a voice in the uh, you know the progressive rock community and... Really, just uh, say whatever I feel to say. You know, on on the transatlantic whirlwind, I I uh, I wrote a lot of the lyrics, and mm-hmm. and the guys were just like, yeah, they were into it. You know, uh, I feel like it's a very spiritual album, and uh, I feel like I've, I've been put in a very interesting and rather unique position. <laughs> and it's, yeah, certainly, I'm, I'm really grateful to I, I you know I just say whatever's and sing whatever uh, is from the heart, and it just seems to be. Uh, seems to be working so it's great 
Yeah, that's excellent. How did how did Transatlantic come to be? I mean, obviously people are familiar with Dream Theater, um, and you had a career going on at the time. But how did how did all these worlds kind of collide? Well, it's in the mid mid to the late nineties. Um, there was this there was this drummer guy that was saying a lot of stuff in his interviews about how much how great Spock's beard was. Mm-hmm. And then finally he contacted me. It was Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater. And uh, I thanked him for all the good press. <laughs> and we we got to talking and he said that, you know, he, he had it in his mind that he wanted to do a side project with me. Because apparently he wasn't working hard enough. Yeah. He had an extra day <laughs> off every three months and he needed right. to do another album. Right. So, uh, so yeah, we um, we talked on the phone quite a bit and then we... we you know, kicked around different players that we might want to work with, and you know that's how it, that's how it began. And then we, uh, I met Mike and Roina and Pete in the lobby of the studio where we recorded our first album in, uh, in upstate New York. We'd never, uh, I'd never met them before. <laughs> how did you <laughs> we go made to... the first album in a week? You know, it was amazing. How did you guys go through that selection process of who you wanted to work with? I mean, these people Mike knew or you knew of or. How did those... Yeah, something I, I didn't find out till later, but I, I guess it was because Marillion opened for Dream Theater, or Dream Theater opened for Marillion, or something, at some point. And during soundcheck, uh, Pete played some Chris Squire riff, mm-hmm. and it stayed in Mike's mind. And then when we were talking about this doing Transatlantic later on, um, and we were thinking about bass players, he thought of Pete because. He heard Pete play that riff, <laughs> and uh, so yeah. Basically, Mike brought Pete in, and I brought Royna in. I uh, had been a Flower Kings fan, and I'd met Royna at some festivals, and, mm-hmm. and so that was how that happened. Yes, I mean it was kind of a you know interesting blend. I mean, and and for those who aren't familiar, we'll we'll give them a taste of the music. But I, it very similar to me it is almost some of the more progressive Kansas music. Um, were they kind of on everyone's radar as kind of an influence, or was that one of the goals you set out for? I, uh, not really. No, we 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 don't really discuss that. I mean, I think that you know Kansas influences are in there as well as uh, you know lots of others. Sure. Um, you know, but we just kind of just go for what we what we think is cool. You know. Now. Um... Obviously, Transatlantic is doing his thing. Mike uh, spent some time with Avenged Sevenfold and, and obviously the stories of Dream Theater. Um, what is going on now? Because we've seen in the last couple of weeks Mike um, doing some tweeting and things about you and another uh, famous Morris and uh, Dave LaRue. Do you want to talk a little bit about that project or is it a little too soon to... No, I think it's okay to talk about it. Um, yeah, we're here. We've... Um uh, we're here with Steve Morse, Dave LaRue, uh, Mike Portnoy, and Casey McPherson. And uh, it's a really interesting group, and we're creating a lot of stuff from scratch. Um, it, it started because uh, Steve Morse and I wanted to do something together. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I prayed about everything. <laughs> so I, yeah. I prayed about it, and I felt like uh, uh, Mike would be the right guy, and uh, Steve brought David, and then we were looking for a singer because I thought – uh, we all thought um, that it would be good to spice it up a little bit and not have it be like me singing everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want, we want, I, we're, we're wanting to do something different, you know. We've 
been doing a lot of things, a lot of music together, and, uh, you know, it's like we wanted to change it up a little bit. And so we got uh, Casey, which was really Mike's idea to bring Casey in, and mm-hmm. and uh, he's really cool. What a cool singer and vibe, and what a, he seems just such a really great soul. And, you know, we're... Uh, so we're creating this really new music, very interesting, and I think quite unique and different. And all the elements of all these people are are in here. It's like, I mean, it's I would describe it like, mm, wow. Uh, yeah, maybe, that's maybe uh, you know, it's like uh, transatlantic meets Coldplay meets the Steve Morse Band. If you can yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, in, in someone in my head, I can't. I, would you say that, I mean, obviously, I, I just actually spoke with Steve um, about three weeks ago, and we were kind of discussing the difference between the Dixie Dregs and the Steve Morris Band, and we both kind of said, you know, it's a little more rock. Would, would you say that this project is a little more rock-oriented than Transatlantic? or? Yeah, I think so. You know, a little more rock-oriented, a little more song-oriented, you know, um a little, you know, it's a, a little less proggy, but we got proggy stuff. We've mm-hmm. got, you know, we've got some, we've got some fiddly bits, we've got some fast bits, and we've got some song bits, and we're still working on it. It's, it we're yeah. on day five now. I yeah. guess, you know, now is five. is the plan to do an album and, and possibly a tour, or is that just because you're taking it as it comes? Uh, we're taking it as it comes, I and mean, we're not even sure what we're going to do after we. Part. We're just kind of seeing how far we get. We don't know. Everybody has to go to the NAMM show in California next week. And yeah. We don't know how far we're going to get. One thing that's really interesting is that we have Peter Collins, the producer, with us. Oh, okay. And uh, who produced Rush and many other mm-hmm. great things. And uh, which is really exciting for me because I've actually never been produced. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So there's like this English guy on the other side of the glass saying... I don't know. It sounds a bit pedestrian. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, so it's it's pretty interesting. You know, it's like anything else. When you all agree, it's great, and when you don't agree, it can be hard. But mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's really good. I think it's right. Yeah, and uh, I really feel like God's put us together uh, in a quite an extraordinary situation, and then, so I think He's going to use it, and it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If praying can get you Steve Morris and Mike Portnoy in a room together, that's that's wonderful. Now, because I, I, I know uh, Steve, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be doing some more touring with Deep Purple, and I'm sure Mike has his fingers in a thousand other things. So, um, this is sort of the chicken foot of prog metal. It's it's great to hear. Well, uh, Neil, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. It's been great talking with you. Thank you, man. All right, I enjoyed it. Wonderful.